6 to 7 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Oh, a big tree has fallen when it comes to non-racialism uh, and, uh, of course, transformation, in particularly within the rugby fraternity. Uh, Butsai, as he was affectionately known, um, was an executive member of the South African Rugby Union. He was a vice president. He served along the likes of the late Makenkesi Stofile on Saru. And he was part of the unification delegation that unified rugby in 1992. Uh, it is a sad loss for the rugby fraternity. Uh, I had the pleasure of working with Putsai. Uh, I also succeeded him as president of the South African rugby, uh, of SA rugby right now, um, as it is known. Uh, but a stalwart in the Eastern Cape, you know, uh, 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 a very good legal mind, uh, president of Kwaru, and um, uh, made his mark in the rugby fraternity. So, yes, uh, the, uh, the, the rugby fraternity in itself has lost uh, um, uh, a great uh, stalwart in, in, in rugby. And good evening, everybody. Thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot On with me, Tabiso Musia. Intimity producing the show and Sylvester Komane is in technical. That uh, clip we've opened with is uh, former SA Rugby President, SA Rugby Union President, Mr. Brian Van Royen, who pays tribute to the late former President of the South African Rugby Union, a former Chairman of Sansa and briefly Vice Chairman of the IRB, the International Rugby Board, now World Rugby. That is Mr. Silas Nkanunu, who has passed away at the age of uh, 87. And our condolences goes out to the family of Utatu Nkanunu, who was a true servant of the game and uh, you can just hear from Mr. Brian Van Royen's uh, tribute there and his voice that we've certainly lost a giant here not only in South African rugby but in South African sport. It is a flashback Friday today and uh, we like to take things easy on a Friday. We catch up with our sporting stars of yesteryear and with this weekend being the second leg of the M10-8 semi-final Soweto derby between Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates. We thought it was fitting to bring in a legend from Amakosi and I don't think many people will dispute this. This is a, a player who played over 370 matches for Kaiser Chiefs, captained the club during uh, his time, uh, known as one of the gentlemen of the game in the 80s and in the early 90s, always tucked in, neat and tidy, with uh, combed his hair also, if I remember correctly, was it an afro? I know he wore jersey number 20. They called him the rock at Kaiser Chiefs, partnering the likes of Mark Tovey for a long time in that central defense. And our guest uh, tonight on SAFM Spot On's Flashback Friday, who we have been trying to get hold of for ages to speak to, and we're grateful that he has finally agreed to speak to us tonight, is Howard Freeze now known as Dr. Howard Freeze because the man has a PhD and he'll tell us all about that. So if Howard Freeze played during your time, folks, and you remember him very well, please get in touch with us and share memories. We like to educate each other here on Flashback Fridays on SAFM Spot On so we can keep those who were not there during those days up to date with what was happening with our heroes and our legends. Some people say, ah, but these guys from the 80s and the 70s are overhyped, especially after what we saw in the retro games on SABC. 
CC. So please come and tell us how good Howard Freeze was. Jersey number 20, The Rock, former captain of Kaiser Chiefs, is our guest tonight on SAFM Spot On. You can send us your voice notes to this WhatsApp number, which is 061-4104107. You can also SMS us to 41391, or you can call us directly on 011-714-2006. Those are the numbers to send your comments or your voice notes or to call us directly. Let me give you a cricket update, Chapter 2, before you send us a WhatsApp. Royal Challengers made 131 for 7 in their 20 overs. AB de Villiers 56 of 53. And the Sunrisers Hyderabad in their chase of 132 are now on 13 for 1 after 3 overs. Remember, the winner here will play the Delhi Capitals in the Qualifier 2 on uh, Sunday uh, with the winner there then going on to play the Mumbai Indians on the 10th. I think that's a Tuesday in the final of the IPL 2020. The Mumbai Indians beating the Delhi Capitals yesterday, so they go straight uh, into the final. So 17 for one now in the fourth over. Um, they are in their chase of 132 and we'll try and keep you posted uh, with this game as it goes on. But uh, let's get ready now to speak to our guest tonight on Flashback Friday, Dr. Howard Fries. Flashback Fridays. Flashback Fridays on SAFM. And our guest is on the line, Dr. Howard Fries. Good evening, sir. Thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Good evening, Tadiso. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you for taking our call. I know we've been trying to speak to you for some time now, and I'm glad that we've, welcome. we've made it happen. And I can tell you the voice notes are already coming in here. People <laughs> already have questions for you before they even had your voice, Dr. Howard Fries. And some people might be surprised that I'm referring to you as Dr. Howard Fries, but you have a PhD. Can you just tell us more about it? Yes, okay, thanks, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do have a PhD, uh, which I got through the, the ex-VAL University here in Johannesburg. It's, uh, I studied in educational management. Okay. So that's what uh, my PhD is all about, it was educational management. And why educational management? Sure. I was always interested in education and, and studying and uh, seeing the children get through their school. So education for me was always uppermost, even in my career as a, as a football player. Mm. I always put education first before my sport. So I guess it was the, the love for reading, the love for knowledge and interest in making sure that at the end of the day I secure my future. I think that was some of the reasons why I continue to study and eventually got my PhD in education. And when also, you, by the way, yes. I, also, I, I was also a teacher as well. So uh-huh. the, 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 the base was an educational uh, diploma, a, uh, a teacher's diploma, which I got through RAN Afrikaans University. And so when it's just like you, a, a base for with my studies. Yes. And when did you do this PhD, Dr. Howard Fries? Uh, I think it was a, a few years after I had uh, left Chiefs. Uh-huh. But I already started, while I was playing football, I was really setting the pace for myself, doing like junior degrees and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, to ensure that I could uh, take it further once I had left football. Yeah, we don't hear that often. How did you find <laughs> the balance then between studying and playing for a big club like Kaiser Chiefs? It was very difficult. It was very difficult. It wasn't easy because I was uh, teaching during the day. Uh, I would go to training from about 4 to about 6 in the evening. And then from there I would uh, study in the evenings at home. So I had to strike a, quite a, a healthy balance between the three areas of focus. Because those are the three areas that I, that I was passionate about. Mm. And I had to make sure that I, I gave equal attention to all of them. Was it was it intentional? Was it because football was not paying enough at the time, or did you just want to do uh, both everything at the same time? 
No, no, it was, okay, we weren't getting paid a lot of money then, mm. but it was sufficient, but it was just out of the love of football, uh, out of the love of studying. And also, basically, man, was just to ensure, because a footballer's career is so short, mm. and then I wanted just to make sure that when, when the time came for me to leave football, that I wouldn't be falling off a cliff, so to speak, but that I would have a career that I would sustain myself and my family. So that is why... One of the reasons why I continue to study throughout my career, my footballing career. We've heard in football that players get offered bursaries these days by their clubs and they don't take them up. And towards the end of their careers, then they realize, oh, maybe I should have studied here. Yeah, maybe I missed, I, I, I missed out here. I mean, how do you feel about that? And what advice do you have for players? Yeah. If I think from my uh, point of view, Tabitha, I paid for my own studies. Even though I wasn't earning that amount of money as the current players are earning uh, today, but I made sure that I put aside a certain amount of finances that would allow me to uh, to, uh, to study. So, coming to your question, if a team offered you a bursary, I would say must grab it with both hands, mm. because very often we read about our soccer players uh, falling on hard times, hardly two years after their careers have come to an end. Uh, but if during the career that you are playing and you have an opportunity to study, I would say you must grab the both hands and never leave it because it's an opportunity in a lifetime that will never come back to you after you've lost it. That is Dr. Howard Fries, the words of advice. And I actually read a contribution that you made to Mistra's book, The Art, Philosophy and the Science of Football in South Africa. And you give a lot of advice here, especially about life after football. Does it pain you that our footballers don't uh, seriously take life after football or they don't realize maybe how short a career the game is? You know, it does pain me. In fact, I just written an article about a month or two ago. And I think that the title of the article was Life After Soccer Will Suck but only if you let it. Yes, that's, that's the one that I read. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's the one where it says, the first question is, what are you doing now? <laughs> yes, yes. And, and, uh, and that is one question, Tabiso. As a, as a football player, whether you're playing football or a former football player, that is the one question that we have to learn to answer as, as mm. sports people. Because wherever you're going to go to, there will always be one guy in the club or amongst the social friends or whatever, that's going to ask you, what are you doing now? And mm-hmm. if you're not prepared to answer that question, you're going to get it, it will embarrass you. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it must be, it's not as if the guy wants to be uh, funny with you or try to embarrass you, but it just, it's natural the guys will ask you, hey, what are you doing now? <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's what created always made me scared. And that is why I really studied during the course of my career. What made me laugh is that you, you say in this article that even the guys that you work with, your colleagues, ask you, hey, Howard, what are you doing now? <laughs> that is hilarious. And, and you know what, Tavita? I would be sitting next to them. <laughs> and you'd be seriously working like I would say, Howard, just tell me something. What are you doing now? Then I tell like, hey, I'm working with you. <laughs> and, and really, it was not out of malice that, mm. that the guy would, uh, would ask a question. It was just that it was accepted, you told me that when you came to the end of your career, you will become a coach, you will get involved in football development, and I chose not to do so. Mm-hmm. And so it was very funny, so to speak, that I had formal employment rather than being involved in football at a coaching or the administration level. I totally left football when, when my career had come to an end. So I chose a totally different path. So here's the question that I always got from the people, what are you doing now?
<laughs> Let's go to the lines. People are already calling us. Want to speak to Dr. Howard Fries, Eddie in Odendalsras. Good evening. What are you doing now? My brother, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine, thanks. In you, Eddie. Thanks, man. Hey, you know, you, you surprise us today, man. <laughs> and we really appreciate that. And your the generosity of your producer as well. Um, I welcome that. Mm. Um, you know, thanks for for bringing uh, brother Fries. You know. I was one of the people, you must know today, that I was one of the people who cheered him at a stadium with a loud voice, <laughs> because he was, he was simply the best. And, and I'm happy that I've been asking myself, where yeah, are these people? I'm, I'm happy that he was hiding himself behind books. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I, did, I was hiding behind The last point, Bratadi, so, uh, is that, you know, one is intending to have a sports academy in, in the Machadi municipality. Mm. Um, I think these are the people that we need to call and inspire our young people. Um, you know, it's so, it's so sad to see young people, you know, engraved um, in drugs and all those things. Now, we need Bobra Fries to come, you know, and inspire these this young people. Um, really, thanks, Brad for bringing the, the Howard Fries. Thank you. I, 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 I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Eddie. Please keep those calls coming in on 0117142006. Whatever memories you have of uh, Howard Freeze, uh, you can send us your voice notes to this WhatsApp number 0614104107. Dr. Freeze, you saying that you say you're not involved in football anymore or you moved away from the game, but do you still follow the game? Do you still get called to give advice? I've seen you at the Kaiser Chiefs celebrations in recent years. Yes, no, no. I'm still very involved with football. Mm. But as I said, Tabisa, I've moved away from the physical game, so to speak. I'm more at the at academic level, man, where I do a whole lot of research for myself. And uh, my area of focus is uh, life after sport. So I was trying to research to find out why is it that when our soccer players get to the end of their careers, they are unable to transition to another career or they find life very difficult after they had such successful careers. So that is my area of interest, because I want to know how it is that we can help all our soccer players, our young players, the older players, to understand that football is a very short career and that you need to invest quite a bit of money or invest in yourself educationally or otherwise, so that when your career does come to, eventually does come to an end, you don't fall off the cliff, but you're able to sustain yourself and your family and to live a very reasonable life. Because it's very sad when you read in the Sunday papers that, you know, this guy has lost his house, that guy is getting divorced, yeah. or that guy is, is falling on hard times. It's sad because we are all soccer players and we, and, we, and we contributed to the sport. And to find ourselves in the very serious uh, financial difficulties, it's, it's very uh, hard so. Before I go to KGM, have you found the answers, Dr. Howard Freeze, why it's so difficult? Because in that piece that I read, life after football will suck only if you let it. You use an interesting word of how former players struggle to reintegrate into society. Yes, 100%. No, the answer is very difficult to find, but I'm going to find it. It's just that soccer players, when you start to play football, you find yourself in this bubble, a football bubble, and that you forget that is life after sport. You know, because you're so engrossed in what you're doing. You want to make a name for yourself in football. You go to training, you play, you go to training, you play. You know, you try to save yourself and do the best. With the result that you start to ignore everything that goes around you. 
you ignore your friends, you ignore your family, you, you ignore your extended family, because you're too caught up in this uh, few years that you need to, uh, to do very well in. So when that finally comes to an end, it's like a shock to you. You, don't know, you find yourself, you know, what, what do I do now? You've not prepared yourself financially or educationally or ac- academically or business-wise. So like it's, it's like a new world that you need to adapt to, and that is where that the transition becomes a problem for our soccer players. Yes, if you've just joined us tonight, is a former Kaiser Chiefs captain, The Rock himself, and now uh, Dr. Howard Fries, who is joining us on SAFM Spot On. And we have so many people here. KJ, I'm going to come to you shortly. Let me just start with Ngobo from Deben. Ngobo, good evening. Thank you for calling us tonight. Hey, evening, Brattani. So thank you so much for the great show, Good Money. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, I always follow you and your shows. We are great inspiration. But uh, good evening to Dr. Free. Good evening to you. During those days. <laughs> <laughs> I have two questions from him, from me, uh, yes. But before I ask, I want to say, uh, Doc, thank you so much for being a source of inspiration to all of us. That no matter what you are doing, you may be comfortable in whatever you are doing, whether it's sport or a job. There must be something to fall back on. May God bless you. Now, my two questions. First one is, what is Kaiser Chiefs? doing now and then the second one is <laughs> what is wrong with kaiser chiefs now thank you Pratabiso. <laughs> okay thanks for that uh, we are gonna i'm gonna note it and i'll get dr howard freeze to answer let's go to william in the free state good evening william good evening Tabiso. good evening uh, howard good evening, uh, sir. you're saying that uh, people are asking what are you doing now <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, now that you, you've got a PhD now, uh, are you seeing yourself in future taking up being a lecturer at university and becoming a professor, or we are not in that direction? Okay, thanks for that, William. We'll get Dr. Fries to answer. Let's go to KGM, and thank you for calling us, KGM, because I was going to call you out. I heard you talking to John Harrake, and I was like, my friend, you call everybody but the sports show. What's going on, KGM? <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for calling us. I'm glad Dr. Howard Fries is here. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you, Tavish. I'll, I'll improve on that. <laughs> uh, uh, Dr. Fries. Good evening. You, you know, uh, Tavish, there was a generation in football. Um, the Howard Frieses, the uh, Aces, the both Aces, Kuze and Jolengwe. Uh, there was a Sylvester Mawetukole. I can go on and on and on. Mm. There's something that this generation had that the the now generation uh, does not have or maybe does not even want to learn from it. That was self-respect. The reason Mm. why you see Dr. Fries the way he is today, um, you can can go back into the archives. You would not see anything that says he had done something untoward. But they had their own stories, you know, the, the stories of what they used to do in, in, in hotels, mm. uh, in, in, in the change rooms and so forth. But they did that knowing that it is not only about them. Selfishness was, did not exist then, only selflessness. And, and, mm. and maybe, maybe just maybe, which is a challenge that I will pose to, to Dr. Freeze. We, we need a lot of you guys to come back into, into so, uh, soccer. I, when I say come back, I mean actively. I don't agree, Tabiso, with this notion of 
uh, transition out of football. <laughs> football, the reason why Dr. Fries is here is because he cannot transition out of football. <laughs> he has this thing in him forever. <laughs> I've, I've listened to him a couple of times. Mm. All, all This generation, when they talk, even if you were to meet my way to now, mm. when they talk, they talk football. Now, we need to find a way of having these this legacy, these, these, these are stalwarts of the same way that people talk about stalwarts of politics. These are stalwarts of football, of soccer. We need to get them into the administrative, I mean, the administration of our soccer so that we can have that notion of, you, you know, sustenance, that, that succession plan that, that goes from the, the old uh, to the young. So okay. I challenge him to say, Dr. As much as you are a doctor, I understand that, I respect that, but that that light, that little trick is still there. I want to <laughs> back and <laughs> no, it is there, 100%. No, thank you very much. Thanks for that, KGM. I'll let Dr. Freeze answer, but let's just take Samson from Standard, Standerton. Good evening, Samson. Good evening, James. How are you? Fine, thanks. Dr. Freeze is here. All right, man. Uh, I just want to ask a couple of questions to Dr. Howard Freeze uh, regarding the, the issue of the current Kansas City squad. Mm. Uh, because... I want to know his uh, honest opinion and his assessment of this current squad because some people are saying uh, Kaiser Chiefs let's uh, players need players yes <clears throat> and never mind the fact that uh, they were, they are not allowed uh, to sign Judith as a FIFA fan mm. but I want his honest opinion because according to me Kaiser Chiefs has the right players uh, to to challenge because if you can look at it uh, last year Kaiser Chiefs were number two and they lost the league by a point how is it that now? All of a sudden, all these players have become bad. Those players that are challenging strongly for the for the league title. I want I want him to just uh, expand there. That uh, okay. is it true that they need they need players, or is that that the players the players that they have? Or thanks, Samson. I've got that. I'll take Kaya from yo Kaya. Where are you calling us from? Hello, Kaya. Are you there, Kaya? Yes, I'm there. Oh, where are you calling us from? I'm uh, from Obanje in Tunzini, in KZN. Oh, in KZN. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. Now, my question to Dr. Freeze is just, it's just that it's very simple. It, uh, I just want to find out that is he going to consider uh, contesting elections for SAFA because we need people of his expertise okay. in our football federation. And another thing that, uh, that I want to say is uh, we used to call him in rural areas where I come from, huh. the Rock of Ages. The Rock of? Uh, the, the Rock of Ages. Of AJ. <laughs> okay. Of Ages. Yes, the Rock oh, of Ages. ages. Okay, that's yes, a good yes, because, because, because of the of the defense, they, yes. I mean, they, they provided to Kaiser Chiefs. Okay, nice during, one. During the Thanks, Kaya. I, I thought it was the Rock of Gibraltar. That's why they called uh, <laughs> you the Rock, Howard Freeze. Yeah, not so time. Do you know how you got that nickname? No. <laughs> <laughs> it just stuck. Yeah, and it just stuck. I think uh, it just is that I, I joined Chiefs. I, I just can't remember the, the, the report, but if I remember his name, I'll let you know who started that name. Oh, probably Silem, and eh? he, he comes up with all those nicknames. Uh, but let's go through no, some. No, of... no, no, that's Phil. That's Phil Malifa, I think. Phil, Brazil. Who? Phil. 
Oh, okay. Let's go yeah. through some of the questions here. Yeah. I mean, some of them are similar. For example, um, Kaya wants to know if you'll ever take part or, or contest the SAFA elections, which is uh, similar to what KGM has asked, saying that you can't transition out of football, Dr. Howard Fries. You're a stalwart. They, uh, football needs you. How do you respond to those comments? No, I'm fine. No, thank you. I must first say, let me say thank you very much to all the guys that have called in. It's very heartening to hear that the guys have followed the, the, my career over the years. And thank you very much for the, for, for also for the question. Uh, firstly, around about, around about SAFA. No, I wouldn't want to join SAFA. Uh, because I feel that if I had to join to go back to football, it must be at a developmental level. Because I feel that is where we, we can groom players that will be better citizens when their careers come to an end. So at present, I think we are lacking that particular area where the, our, we need to groom our players much more uh, better so that they can transition or leave football and become uh, contributing citizens at the end. So for me, I'll be rather with the education part, but not at the administrative level, at, at, the, at the staff level. So of course, I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy it mm. because I need to work with young people. I need to see the, the results. Okay. And in, mm. in terms of the succession plan, yes, I think he's right. Most of us, Tabitha, when we left football, uh, we thought at some point the team would invite us. Say, you know, we need your expertise here. Come and join us here. But mm. seemingly some of the teams, they, they, like they don't do that. And hence, I prepared myself with my education so that should that opportunity not arise, I would not, be, I would not find myself wanting in terms of what to do next. So that is why I really hid behind the books, as the one the caller said, to make sure that I protect myself, I protect my family, and also I could contribute in a different manner, like the research that I want to do, also with the research that we have done from NISTRA, so that we educate our players all the time that when you have everything, it's very easy to lose everything at the end. And that is what I wanted to do. And let me say something, Tadisa. Yes, My journey to cheese was not an easy one. Because remember when I left boarding school in Pekinarisburg, I came up to Johannesburg, I joined Leicester City. From Leicester City, I then moved on to, 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 to Dynamos and then to Cosmos. And in that whole pathway, there were a lot of people that really contributed to my career. And the first person that I'd like to mention was my brother, Alan. Mm. He's with Amazulu now. Coach Alan Fries. Yes. He really had my back. You know, he encouraged me, he groomed me, he educated me about the football. And then the, the next person I met at Cassio uh, Dynamos was Ramish Mjennaiga, Mishak Mjennaiga, mm-hmm. one of the greatest midfielders that Africa had. He took me under his wing and he mentored me, Tabisa. Game after game, he would call me aside and he would teach me the game. Say, Howard, this is what you need to do. When you play football, this is what you need to do. If you are friends, choose your friends properly. And then he found out that I was, at, uh, I was doing my teacher training. He, that's when he said to me, whatever you do, never leave your schooling. Make sure that you educate yourself because you never know what could happen. And that only stuck in me because even, he even took me home after training to make sure that I was safe. And then when I joined Cosmos, I met two of the greatest people there. That was Krima Shabalala and Jomo Sono. 
<laughs> these people continued that education in me. And they made sure that I understood the game properly. And that, when, that you, you respect the game. You appreciate it that when you go into that field, you must do the best because you, you never know what can happen tomorrow. So that is the kind of education I received on my way to Kaiser Chiefs. So when I got to Chiefs, it was easy for me to play for Chiefs because they already set the tempo for me and they already educated me. So emotionally, physically, and mentally, I was already prepared to join Chiefs. So it wasn't an easy road to get there. I needed a whole lot of people to support me and to teach me how to respect myself and the game. As Andrew Kohler said, it's all about the respect of the game. You mentioned Leicester City. Were you part of that Leicester City that we are told once beat Pirates 4-1? Yes, no, I've got a goal there. Yes. Did that really happen? Was, yes. Uh, which year was that? Uh, early 80s, I think it was. And ap- 80, 81, 82, around there. And apparently it was a huge upset. Well, yes, well, it was. Yeah, because they didn't expect it to lose against Leicester. Because Leicester was a mid-to-bottom mid table team. Uh. And so... And the interesting stat about Pirates and Leicester, I think Leicester must have beat Pirates about four times huh? in successive years. So Pirates, uh, became, uh, Leicester became a voodoo team for Pirates. I don't think Pirates ever beat Leicester, if I, but I stand corrected. And where was this Leicester team from? It was uh, a team that was born in uh, North mm. but uh, it was based in El Dorado Park. And the interesting thing about the, the, the team, Leicester City, it had about almost 10 brothers that were playing for, for the team. It had about five Macket, the Macket brothers. There were three freezers there. And then there was another group of failures. I think it was Alexander's. I think there were three Alexander's in the team. And just uh, four or five other players. So it was like a family team, so to speak. Yes. And uh, yes. I've heard about this Leicester team that beat Pirates yes. for one. Well, somebody's finally confirmed it now. And your brother Alan also played there, I guess? Yes, no, Alan was the first one to arrive at Leicester. Uh-huh. Then myself and uh, Trevor, my other brother Trevor. All three of us played at the same time at Leicester. Oh. And, what and do you... then we had the, 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 the Mackett brothers. I think they were also there. There were about five brothers at the time. Okay, that's interesting. A family affair. Yes, and what do you yes, make of your of your brother's transition to coaching? And uh, did you think that he would be such a make such a good coach? I mean, he's won trophies at Platinum Stars. No, I must. It is in the eye to say, but my brother Alan, he loves the game. Mm. He lives for the game. Weekends after playing or being involved with uh, Highlands or with Amazulu, he watches games. He watches football at night. He loves the game. And I'm very happy that whatever is happening to him now is because he deserves it. It's, it's reaping what he's really uh, put into the game. And I'm very happy for him as well. William wanted to know if you consider lecturing at a university. <laughs> Not lecturing at a university. Okay, so where I live now in El Dorado Park, I have a, a program here for youngsters where we take the ex-matriculants and we teach them, we give them business skills. Uh, over the past year or so, I think we've had about over 200 now. We take a group of about 25 for every quarter. And then we educate them, we skill them. And what we try to do is to, to find employment for them so that we try to give them off the street. So that is where my passion lies, at the grassroots level, you know, at the community level, where we look at the youngsters, we bring them in, we educate them, we, give, we provide them with business skills, we give them a stipend, 
And then from there, we ensure that they get uh, employment opportunities. So that is where I really find myself. Okay, now let's get to the banning questions. Are you still following local football, firstly? Yeah, no, I do, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nobo wanted to know what is wrong with Kaiser Chiefs or what is Kaiser Chiefs doing wrong? You know, I think Chiefs is just going through a transition phase. Because if I can just take you back to 1985, uh, where I joined Chiefs in September 85. And if you look back at 1984, Chiefs was very successful then. I think they must have won most of the trophies in 1984. But when they moved out, when the, the season turned to 85, Chiefs had a lot of problems. They were losing games. They, I think Joe Frickerton was the coach then. They lost the coach. Uh, the Charles Noble was the coach. And then Charles Noble was, came in. He also lost his job. And then Eddie Lewis came to the back end of, the, of, of 1985. So what I'm trying to say is teams go through these phases where a very successful team in one season, but play badly in the next season. So when I joined Chiefs in 1985, they were going through this rebuilding process. It was myself, who joined uh, Chiefs after myself, Skara, William Shongwe, I think Abel Shongwe also joined in. So I was a number of players who joined Chiefs. So to, to get back to your question, if you look at the past five years of KB Chiefs, they haven't been as, as successful as they wanted to be. And this up, and these past six months, going to this COVID, and then losing the, 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 the league so closely to, to Sanal, has given them an opportunity to reset the buttons and to restart the team and to start to rebuild. If I can just take you back again, Tavi, so sorry to do that. If I can no take you back to the years 1970 to 1980, teams had a very, very strong core of players. Players went from one generation into the next generation into the next generation. So what happened with these players? They were able to take the culture of the team forward, uh, the, the philosophy and that kind of thing. So everybody who joined Cheese would first be taught about the culture and the philosophy and what, you, what is expected of you. So what I'm saying is that what Cheese needs to do now is to go back to the 70s, the 80s and the 90s and learn as to how the team was built with a strong culture, a strong philosophy. Maybe today is that because there's so many changes taking place, they aren't able to, to have a, a solid core with it. I think that's one of the problems. And I'm sure Gavin is going to do well because he's important now to make sure to stabilize the team. Okay, I guess that answers KGM's question. We wanted to know what made your generation so special. You had self-respect. There were never any shenanigans and any, yes. any scandals. And do you think the current players... Um, understand what it is to play for Kaiser Chiefs because we are told these days that we are told back in the days that everybody wanted to play for Kaiser Chiefs, but these days uh, players can can go somewhere else now. Kaiser Chiefs is not their number one priority for you. How big an honor was it, Howard Fries, to play and captain Kaiser Chiefs? Sure, Tarisa, it is an honor to to play for Kaiser Chiefs, and every day uh, I used to pray. You know that I must continue to play for Chiefs because it, it, at that time. It was a dream of every young footballer or excellent footballer to play for either one of three teams at the time. Mm. It was either Cambridge Chiefs, Orlando Pirates, or Morocco Solos at the time. So those are the three main, the big three in South African football. And it was always my aspiration to play for one of the big three. And it was fortunate for me that in the end I joined Chiefs. But just to let you know a secret, before I joined Chiefs, I got a call from Mr. Mabaso. He was the, the late chairperson of Orlando Pirates. Mm. He said to me, Howard, you know, we've been watching you. We want you to come and join us at Pirates. 
So I thought about it for a long time. In the end, I, I turned it down, and I eventually joined Kay the Chiefs. Huh? So that was my, my always my my dream uh, to, to to play for Chiefs because of the kind of players that Chiefs had at the time. Remember, Chiefs had one of the best teams. They had ace teammates. Uh, Sitikoli, Raida, Nisokwane, Masmo Punyane, and Wellington Manyati, Chipo Molite. The team was a very, very solid team. Uh. And I had to challenge myself to say, look here, if I needed to pro- progress, Chiefs was the only team that I needed to join. And so when the opportunity did arise for me to join Chiefs, I took it with both hands. Uh, and, and I never looked back after that. And if you've just joined us, we're talking to Dr. Howard Fries, former Kaiser Chiefs captain. There was also a question, Dr. Fries, about your assessment of the current Chiefs squad. How good is this squad? Because Kaya said this squad finished second last season. No, the, the team needs some beefing up. We all know that. But unfortunately, with the FIFA band for two windows, they aren't able to sign players. Yeah. But Gavin doesn't do well with the team. But just that he needs to be very strong in how he handles the players. Because sometimes the players tend to think they're bigger than the team. And maybe that's the, the problem they could have had. But you need to instill a, a sense of discipline, a sense of respect, that whenever you wear the King of Chiefs jersey, it must be an honor for you to represent the brand. I think somehow during the course of the past five or six years, I think that uh, humility has has been lost somewhere along the line. I think we need to restart and to rekindle that humility that when you play for KZT, you play for the brand, that for the millions of supporters that follow the team. You know, as a soccer player, Tabisa, yeah. you don't realize the amount of pain that uh, football inflicts on its supporters. And we used to see it in the 80s. If you went to play at Orlando Stadium, for instance, Tabisa, you played Orlando Pirates, the people will start queuing at 6 o'clock in the morning. Sure. By 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning, the stadium would be full. People would be traveling from Toyando, KZN, the free state from the Cape. By taxi, they wouldn't sleep. And so when you walked into that stadium and you saw all these thousands of people, you needed to appreciate the effort that they had put in to attend these games. So it became our duty to make sure that whenever we stepped into the ground, we respected the team and we respected our supporters. Because you cannot travel six hours to a game and go back sad mm-hmm. when it's supposed to be a, a merry event for you to come see your favorite team playing. It is just unfair to the supporters. And we were cognizant of all those things when we played the Chiefs in the 80s and the 90s. And I think uh, our caller on the line uh, will agree with you. Max Goldman, go Maponyan. I don't know how much you've heard of what Dr. Howard Fraser <laughs> said to say about what an honor it was to play for Chiefs. And I know you've told me this, that it was such a, a privilege to wear that jersey back in the day. Do you think that's lost these days, Max Maponyan? Yeah, in fact, I heard a little bit of what Dr. Fries said. Uh, good evening, Doc. <laughs> hey, Mafa, how are you? <laughs> I'm well and you are Howie. That's how we used to call him, <laughs> Howie. Good man, well done, Doc. Well done, Mafa. I'm very well. Uh, Tabi, so in fact, uh, Howard is so right that uh, we always, as players, took cognizance of uh, the efforts and the pains 
and the lack of money that uh, the players had to go through, but really just to see us winning. Mm. And uh, that is why we would always com- uh, communicate that message, not even through management, but uh, just amongst us as players to say, guys, this guy has come from a long way. And how we will confirm that we would, on a hot day, we would see them with blankets and we think, these guys' blankets on a warm day like this. But they sit <laughs> yes, here the whole yes. night, sleeping outside F&B Stadium. That was hectic. But so you know, there's one thing that uh, I will always honor Howard for. And that is the reason why, and I know he's modest, he won't tell you why he ended up in a trip to Italy sponsored by Kappa or courtesy of Kappa. <laughs> Howard Freeze, as they looked at us as players independently and uh, look at how we perform, it wasn't only about the on-field performance, mm. it was also the discipline. Mm. Howard Freeze is one player that for all the years that I've played with him at Kaiser Chiefs, everyone can testify to this. We found him at training waiting. Oh. I mean, that is why he is Dr. Freeze. Not only waiting, but studying, <laughs> sitting in the car. <laughs> he was never late. I mean, I've never seen a man never late for what? Nine, seven years that we've been together, Howie? I mean, that's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, that... I mean, imagine. A man has never been late. Whether we're training at two or we're training at four. And I remember we're training at Josh Koch. And I thought this time he'll be late because he'll be coming from right at the back in Ramfontein. Mm. But how we will always be there. Yeah. And that, to me, is discipline. And you were talking about discipline, uh, mm. Tabiso. And discipline is not only what you do on the field. We've always agreed that what you do during the week build up to the game is also very important. That is why the likes of Neil Tovey would always scream, and how we will testify to this, he would scream when players are messing around their training. And he says, this is exactly how you will play. <laughs> you know, because he wouldn't even want to lose at uh, training. Yeah, so, 100%. And he would tuck oh, in, Max. He, he would also tuck in, and his hair was neat also. <laughs> his hair was neat also, but now I'm glad you came to that subject. <laughs> How we, I will have to remind everybody about this. Joe Frickleton, the then coach at Kaiser Chiefs, he looked at Howard Freeze. We just lost, and uh, it was on a wet day. And we're wearing a white kit. And he says, my son, every time you get a yellow card, he was referring to, to, to Howard. Mm. My son, every time you're wearing a, uh, you get a yellow card, it's because you are chirping the referee, not from a tackle. The next time I see you in white outfit and not dirty, I will find you. <laughs> That's a great story, Goma Ponyane. And I guess, Maxi, because he took over the armband from you, there would have been no better person than for you to hand over the armband to from judging by what you've said. Oh, yes. In fact, uh, it, it had to go that route. But uh, the, the most important thing is the discipline was always what we are judged for. I mean, even if uh, we would lose a game and uh, maybe a player or two would uh, get a, a yellow card, it wouldn't be ignored. Mm-hmm. And uh, so how we will tell you that at some point we had to be called on a Sunday morning after a big misbehavior. I won't mention the name of a player for professional reasons. <laughs> what happened is, well, we will remember the story. We played against Free State Stars at Pitfest uh, Stadium. Mm. And uh, one of the former players, Jack Chamangwan, the late uh, Jack Chamangwan, may he still rest in peace, became a standby coach 
And uh, because he was a stand-in coach, because Kaiser Chiefs had just uh, terminated the services of a certain coach, he substituted one individual. And this individual, because he was substituted by the previous coaches, he realized, but I played with this guy, and suddenly he thinks I'm the one to be substituted. (laughs) So he stopped the game, and he asked for that man to come out. And the referee stopped the game to say, "Uh, you are the man that has to come out. And this this individual refused to come out. (laughs) And then the referee resumed the game. And as fate would have it, he got the ball from the resumption of the play, and he put the ball in the back of the net. He ran straight to the bench, and he showed a middle finger on a live television match, showed a middle finger in the face of Jack. Jack just cried. And we were called on a Sunday morning for an emergency meeting. How is that emergency meeting, that line that I have will never forget for the rest of my life? Is yes, that uh, the... You remember the message that we all got? We were all told that, and in, in particular that individual, to say, my son, even if you don't respect the man, respect the chair. This yeah. man is in charge for now. And the late Mulokoti was yes. the man that was uh, in charge of that uh, proceedings. It was a heavy message. And that day was the first day that Edgar's chiefs we were individually given the do's and the don'ts. Remember the two pages, so we, yeah, one page had the do's yeah. and the other page had the don'ts. Yeah, the marching <laughs> order for the Chiefs. Was that the late, was I that Clarence Mlokoti, Max? The late yeah. Clarence Mlokoti. Oh, yes. yeah. I've heard that name. Uh, in a principal tone, and he really <laughs> laid down the gauntlet on the day. Sure, Max, he was thanks a for that. Also. Do you, re- you remember that day like it was yesterday also, Dr. Fries? <laughs> yes. No, and... You know, uh, Tadiso, Keza was very, very strict with us. I remember, we, most of us remember the game we played at, uh, at FNB against Pirates one year. Mm. And uh, they gave us a good eye. I think we lost most of the to Pirates. That was a very sad day for all of us, the team, supporters. And then Keza just kept quiet. He came to the drinks room after the game. He said, guys, you're going to pay for this. Huh? Mm. We said, were shocked, but he didn't say anything. He just said, guys, you're going to regret what happened today. And so what happened is we lost the league. I think we ended up second on the log. I think Cousins won the league, and we ended up second. And then at the end of the year, we had uh, our party now, you know, our year-ending party. Yes. And that is where we got our checks, our bonus checks for the year. Mm. So when we got there, he just said to me, guys, do you remember the game against Pirates? where you disappointed the team, you disrespected the jersey wearing, you, you disrespected the team and the jersey that you were wearing. He said, yes, sir. He said, you see, for that, you're going to go hungry for this season. You're not going to get your bonuses. Tadisa, that was a lesson that you'll never, ever forget that Chiefs. Because that was the kind of discipline that Kayla would instill in the team. Even amongst ourselves, players, as Marx has said, we're very, very strict with each other. Because... Your success is my success, and eventually that became the, the success of the team as a whole. And we respected each other. Achieved, Tadisa, you won't believe it. We never ever socialized with each other. Hmm. We come to the game, meet each other, we fight for each other, we help each other, and we go our different ways. But we knew that when we got together, why we got together, and that the, the success of the team was always paramount to all of us. 
tough love indeed. Let's go yes, to Epai. Yes, yes, yes. Tabiso, I recall one decade, 80 to 90, they were called the Glamour Boys. We, Howard agree that that was the best decade for Chiefs. Basically, they took every cup there was on the table, right? Secondly, Howard did beat Love more though in the PhD chase. Because <laughs> he's got it, No must still do his PhD. Good one, right? good one. <laughs> and I remember Edwin Moses, yes. right, um, from the States. He's yes. also got his PhD in psychology, right? Yes, so it looks like Howard is putting a, um, a run chase for this type of thing. <laughs> I want him to confirm one thing. Mm. Did he also pimp his hair? Because, again, that period, <laughs> everybody has their hair pimped except one Sylvester Cody. Right? Yes. And tell me so. I copied Chiefs because remember, um, I was a supporter of Chiefs ever since they were formed in 1970. And in 1972, I formed a team myself in PE called Young Chiefs. All right? Mm. So in 86, Tabiso, following my models, the Chiefs, I painted my hair with a product called Soft and Free. You know, I also had to pend I mean, I was following these guys like it's not funny. Now, how much everybody used to say, freeze, freeze. I want to call that him, right? He was not called Howard. Everybody went freeze, freeze. Lastly, between him and the late um, Marcatini Roadblock, who was more of a rock? Was it the rock? or roadblock marketing. Okay, Nonde, thank you for those. Let's start with the question about the Kaiser Chiefs of the 80s, Dr. Vries. We've always heard about this golden era of, of the 80s. Do you agree that it was the golden era of Chiefs? 100%, Abisa. I don't think Chiefs would ever, okay, I don't say ever, would have another team that would beat the team of the 80s. The team was very, very powerful, Abisa. It's Personally strong. You know, Tabitha, the team was so good that when I used to play, I used to end up ball watching, just <laughs> enjoying the way the team played. Because you had some of the greatest players at that time. You had Doctor, you had Ace and Solang, you had Small Ace, Ace Kuzik, you had Skara, you had Mafa, you had Fanny Madida, you had Jack Shabongwane. Shane McGregor. You had Shane McGregor up front. We had the, the guy who always stood with us was Ryder, you know, as a, mm. as, a, as a mentor to all the young guys. Ryder was always there with us. So we had a very, very powerful team. And that is what made the 80s good targets, is that the, those players that came from the 70s moved into the 80s, and the players from the 80s moved into the 90s. There was a, sort of a, a continuation of the core of Kaiser Chiefs. And you know, Tavis, at that time, Chiefs had gone through a lot of changes. Mm. Uh, like in terms of coaches. But no coach was able to change the culture of cheese as it is currently. For instance, when Joe Frickleton coached cheese, he just coached it at a technical level, but not at a skill level, because cheese had the best players. Even when Ted Dimitri joined us, and even Jeff Butler, mm. they never worked on, on the skills. 
they worked on the technical level because the team was so good that all they had to do was just to instill the discipline. In fact, in the end, it was the coaches who were changing to suit Chiefs. There's not the players who were changing to suit the coach. That's how strong the core of KC, the culture and the philosophy was at that time. So if you go back to answer your question, the one you asked me earlier, mm. if you move back into the, in the, into the current situation, they've lost that strong core that was always in the 80s, that made what Chief is. And secondly, Tavisa, the, the, the players of the 1980s were very dedicated to the team. The players would go out of their way, they would do everything to make sure the team was successful. When the league started, at the beginning of the season, we would tell ourselves, guys, there's four or five trophies that you need to play for. At least you must win four out of the five, or sure. three out of the four. And that was our target we had, Tabitha. And if we won one, that season for us was a very bad season. So we set ourselves up to make sure that we at least needed to win four trophies a year, three trophies a year, and that was kept our supporters happy. Anything less than uh, three quarters of the trophies won was seen as a failure at Chiefs. So that was a standard that we held up ourselves to, that ah, we needed that, to win every day. That explains why people always say Chiefs win a trophy every season. They expect Chiefs to yes. win a trophy every yes. season because of the yes. standard that you've set. Quickly, yes. I've got 30 seconds left. Ngonde wanted to know about Roadblock Makatini and you. Who was the, the most solid rock? No, look, I think I just came slightly after Roadblock, but Roadblock was a very... I supported Roadblock at Swallows because mm. him and Rodney Charles were there. He was a very... One, it's un, it was unfortunate as to what happened to me at the end, but he would have been one of the greatest defenders that South Africa would have had. Mm. I think, yeah, I would have matched him. I think I would have had my, held my own against him. And did you have a perm or not, Howard Freeze? We were also battling with this before the show. No, man, I never had a perm. I just my normal way. I used Royal Cream. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good one. <laughs> On that note of Braille Cream. Let's leave yes, it no, there no, for now. <laughs> yes. and Braille Cream. <laughs> okay, that explains it. But Dr. Howard Fries, thank you very much for giving us some of your time tonight. The hour has flown by so quickly and there's still so much to talk about. I'm sure this is not the end of our conversation, but a lot of people appreciate They have enjoyed listening to you. They're happy to hear from you. I know they want you back in football, but that's not your passion or administration is not your passion. But we're really, really honored to have spoken to you today. And we wanted to bring you on, highlight what you've done and give you the respect that you deserve, sir. And thank you very much. And thank you very much all the guys that called in. I really appreciate it. My family and I really appreciate it. And also say, uh, I must say one thing, Tadis, before we go. Mm. I must say thank you very much to all the teams I played for. Mm. That was uh, Leicester, Dynamos, Cosmos, and more importantly to Kaiser Chiefs uh, for all the things that they did for me and my family. I really, we really appreciate it. And yeah, and good luck for them in the future. A true cosy for life there, Dr. Howard Freeze, The Rock. Before I go, quick score update. RCB 131 for 7 in their 20 overs, Chapter 2. Sunrisers Hyderabad now on 73 for 4 in the 14th over. So they need 59 of 38 balls.